You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. of the nation of Israel will perish in those cataclysmic days. And then, once that work of purging has been done, they'll cry out to God. God will open their eyes because they're crying out to Him, and finally the blindness will be removed and they will see Jesus really is our Messiah. They'll cry out, and in one day, the whole nation will be saved. Well, it's going to take a lot of pain to bring them to that point. The nation of Israel was a spiritually privileged people. They were God's chosen, yet they'd become proud and hardened in their religion. And in the end, they rejected Jesus and crucified him instead of believing in him. Their scriptures prophesied him. They should have been expecting him, but instead they rejected him. Today, Pastor Danny explains that despite this, God still has a plan for the Jewish people. He's not going to give up on them. And one day, through tribulation and much pain, many will recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Romans chapter 11, as he continues his message, hope even for the most hardened. has all the false prophets killed, 850. Jezebel hears about it, and Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah. And the brunt of the message is this, if by this time tomorrow you're not dead, it'll be over my dead body. And a man who stood against 850 false prophets and saw God answered by fire, when he gets that threat from this wicked woman Jezebel, he runs. And he ends up in a cave. He's discouraged. He's literally depressed. He's tired. Because the spiritual culture of the day, he lived in a day that the people in authority are killing, killing men of God. Killing them. And he's one of them. And when she threatens him, he runs for his life. Even after standing so boldly and courageously and seeing God answered by fire. (laughs) And sometimes even after the greatest spiritual experience, you can still get discouraged. I can have a great weekend. My wife will tell you, I can have a great weekend at church. It can be a great weekend. People can get saved. People can be encouraged. Great worship. And I can go home and on Monday, I can get depressed. You say, are you depressed? No, no, no. But it's not Monday. Thank God we'll be cooking out tomorrow. That'll help, right? Here's the point. I could have said number, point number one another way. When times are tough, when it doesn't seem like, even after you've seen God move in a powerful way, lives are really not being changed the way you'd like. 
Revival is not happening. Listen, don't you dare be discouraged. Because it's easy to be discouraged. And if you are discouraged, as Elijah was, God comes to him in the cave. And thank God, I love the graciousness of God. He doesn't just blast him and say, what are you doing here? Get back in and get back out there. He knew how tired he was. He knew he needed some rest. And he let him rest. And he slept. And when he woke up, God fed him. And God let him sleep some more. And when he woke up, God fed him. And then God said to him in a whisper, here's what he said. What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And then God tells him, go back the way you came. And by the way, when you get back doing the ministry, anoint Haziel, king over Aram, anoint Yehu, king over Israel, got a new king coming. Anoint Elisha, to succeed you as prophet. You're about to go home, but I still have a plan. And then he says, and now we're back to Romans 11. Then he says, and I've got 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Everybody was shocked when Saul of Tarsus got saved. God said to him, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. You got somebody in your life that's hardened hardened, whether they're an outright rebel or whether they're caught up in religion and they're so religiously callous that you, you can't even talk to them about a need to repent because I don't need to repent. I go to church. I'm a nice person, pay my taxes, etc. You know, and those are the hardest people to reach. You got someone in your life that's hardened. Listen, don't you give up because God's always working and God always has a plan. Anoint this person, anoint this person, anoint this person. And by the way, I got 7,000 back here. We still got people. And I'm still working. Romans chapter 11. Verse 7, what then? What the people of Israel sought so earnestly, they did not obtain. The elect among them did, but the others were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that could not see and ears that could not hear to this very day. David says, may their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. The idea of their backs being bent is they can't see straight. They're blind spiritually. We don't need to spend a lot of time on this second point. Zealous religious people are being saved, but understand the ones that aren't. Religious people who reject truth end up hardening spiritually blind. You got to hang with the text because there's both encouragement <laughs> and challenges. You can sit in church all you want, but if you don't do what the word says, what will happen is you'll become a religious person. Worst place to be. Worst place to be is in a place where God can speak and it doesn't change your life. Not you people. I'm talking about people in other churches. <laughs> Verse 11, again I ask, <laughs> did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their inclusion bring? 
I'm going to tell you in just a minute what he's talking about. But verse 13, I'm talking to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, which is ironic that God would take the most Jewish Jew and send him to the Gentiles. I take pride in my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Life from the dead. He's not talking metaphorically there. He's talking about the fulfillment of Bible prophecy that there is a coming day when all Israel is going to be saved. There's hope for even the most hardened. But there's a caveat. If you're a note taker, you write down Zechariah 12 and 13. I'm going to read you just a section of that. But Zechariah 12 and 13 is the prophecy about this coming day when all Israel in one day, in one day, will be saved. But the caveat Chapter 13 of Zechariah, verse 8. In the whole land, declares the Lord, two-thirds will be struck down and perish. Yet one-third will be left in it. This third I'll put into the fire. I'll refine them like silver. I'll test them like gold. They'll call on my name and I'll answer them. I'll say they're my people and they will say the Lord is our God. It's in the time known as the Great Tribulation. It's a seven-year period. Jesus said the things are going to be so awful on the planet, but especially in the Middle East, especially in Israel. Because one of the things God does in the Great Tribulation is purge Israel, and their eyes become open. But the caveat is it's going to be the worst time, the worst time in all of the world. Jesus said in those days, no one would survive except the days were cut short. The prophecies of Revelation tell us that 50% of the worldwide population will die. Things are so bad. World war, etc., and all the things that come with it, and then the plagues start to fall from heaven. And two-thirds of the nation of Israel will perish in those cataclysmic days. And then, once that work of purging has been done, they'll cry out to God. God will open their eyes because they're crying out to him. And finally, the blindness will be removed and they will see Jesus really is our Messiah. They'll cry out and in one day, the whole nation will be saved. But it's going to take a lot of pain to bring them to that point. Now, I want to pause here just for a moment and just ask somebody in your life and they're hardened. Maybe a son, a daughter, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a friend. Got somebody in your life like that? Anybody know somebody like that? Maybe it's somebody you prayed for for years and years and years. I gave up on my older brother years ago. Shame on me. Shame on me. I gave up. I thought God wasn't hearing my prayers anymore. I didn't see any change. I didn't see any difference. And I'm talking years and years and years and years and years and years and years past. And I just said, well, it's just not working. I was so wrong. Mother came up to me last night in the service. I know her. I've been pastoring her for many years. She came to me years ago. She said, I have a daughter. She's a lesbian. It's breaking my heart. I prayed with her years ago. I tried to encourage her. I said, look, 
Don't compromise. And when you have an opportunity to share Jesus, you don't shove it down her throat. But when you have an opportunity, you share. But when she won't listen, don't you go, don't you go shoving Jesus down her throat. Here's what you do. You live your life for Jesus before her. And you love her. You love her. And you live your life before her. And even though things may get worse on the outside, you can know that God is working on the inside. And I've lost count of the number of times I told this mother that over the years. She came to me last night after the service. And this message, and she said, I want to share something with you. And she pulls out a Mother's Day card from her daughter. A few years ago, her, her daughter would not have sent her a Mother's Day card. And she showed me the card. And I read just the front of the card. And I said, just the front of the card is enough. And just by the card that her daughter picked out, it was absolutely clear that God's working in her daughter's life. Is she out of that lifestyle? Has she received Christ? No. But God is working. And as long as there's breath in their body, there's hope for their soul. Why do you think God told us about the two thieves on the cross? Why do you think God put that story there? Nobody would know that that one thief and the last moment of his life said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turned to him and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. God put that story for us <laughs> because you never know what happens just prior to death. And that person you prayed for, that person you've been agonizing for, that family member that you love so much, God loves them more than you love them. Don't you ever give up. Amen? Don't you ever give up. Amen? Amen. Don't you ever give up. There's hope. There's hope. <laughs> now this next section, I can't skip it. We're going to read it. It's a whole message in itself. Thank God I'm not going to give you a whole message in itself. But back in Romans 11, look, verse 16. If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, talking about the Gentiles, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, don't consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, consider this. You don't support the root but the root supports you. You'll say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, they were broken off because of unbelief. And you stand by faith. Don't be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they'll be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature, that's an understatement for some of us, and contrary to nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Now, I know that's a whole bunch to read, but the bottom line is, here's what he's saying. You watch out for spiritual pride, or you too will become hardened. I try every night before I go to sleep, 
I thank God for dying on the cross for our sins. And then I say, thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for my sins. And thank you for saving me when I was 19 years old. Hard to believe I was saved when I was 19. I felt like I was much older then. I've been a drug addict since I was 12 and a half years old. A drug addict. And then adding the alcohol with that, I was, a, I was crazy. I was, I was the guy, you know, give it to Mikey, he'll try it, you know. Give it to Danny. I mean, it was a new drug on the block. Give it to Danny, he'll try it, and I would. And I did. I don't want to ever forget where I came from. Don't you ever forget where you came from. We were saved by the grace of God because of the mercy of God. Don't you ever allow spiritual pride in your life. And then, verse 25, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion, will turn godlessness away from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. But as far as election is concerned, what God sees in the future, they're loved on account of the patriarchs. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. And what does all that mean? Fascinating truth. When the last Gentile to be saved is saved, God will save the entire nation of Israel. That means time is limited. Amazing thought. That there's coming a time when the last Gentile ever to be saved on the planet is going to be saved. Have you ever stopped on one of the truths like that, like I do, and, say, and wonder, I wonder who that is? Is it a man? Is it a woman? Is it a teenager? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? I think, I think God's going to let them know when they get to heaven. Hey, I just want to let you know, you were that close. <laughs> one more day, one more day, you wouldn't have been here. One more day, maybe one more hour, you wouldn't have been here. Time is limited. That's a sobering thought. And then, verse 30. Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them. Salvation is completely by grace, based solely upon the mercy of God. Whether you're a religious person caught up in your religious routine and depending on your own church going and better than other people status, <laughs> whether you're Danny Hodges, the wild, crazy, drug addict rebel, everybody gets saved the same way. And this last section is telling us God is working things out. God is working the events of our lives out to bring us to a place that the only way we can turn is heavenward. The only way we can turn 
is heavenward. Six points, and then the rest of the chapter. Oh, there's more? Yeah, come on, wake up. Verse 33. Oh, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments, his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. To him be the glory forever. Amen. To him be the glory forever. Amen. The doxology is in response to God wanting all people to be saved. He wants all people to be saved. And he's orchestrating the events of our lives to bring us to a place where we will cry out for mercy, where we'll receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. What's it going to take? Will there be people that continue to reject? Absolutely. Will there be people that continue to resist? Absolutely. Will there be people that that are going to end up damned for all eternity? Absolutely. But it doesn't have to be you. I beg you. I beg you. Time is limited. And death is certain. One of the times in Israel's history, Amos 4 talks about it, where God brought increasing problems into the Israelites' lives. And it was an escalating scale of difficulties in life. And God's intention was that with the difficulty, they would finally come to their senses, like the prodigal son who ended up in the pig pen and realized My father's hired servants have it better than me in the pig pen. I'm going to go home and say to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And if you know the story, the father was waiting and watching for him every day, and he saw him afar off. And when the prodigal showed up, the father said, Kill the fattened calf. Let's have a party because my son, he was dead, and he's alive again. He was lost. And he's found. That's all God's looking for. That's all God's looking for. And he's going to bring difficulty. If you resist him, if you resist him and you think, well, I'll just resist him and I'll run. Yeah, you can run, but you can't hide. You can run, but you can't hide. And when the difficulty comes because you're running, you know, you know, you run back to the drugs and you think, I just need to get high. I just need to get high. And you go get high. And I did it. I was running from God. I knew the truth. People were sent to my house and I, you know, my mother and my grandmother are telling people at the Baptist church and they're coming on visitation to visit me. And I, if I knew they were coming, I'd make sure I wasn't home. But a couple of times they caught me. <laughs> and they'd share Christ with me and I knew I needed to repent. I knew I needed, but I wasn't ready. I was having too much fun. I was enjoying things too much. Thank God I didn't die during those days. Thank God I didn't die during those days. I was so afraid to die. I was so afraid to die. Proverbs 29.1 He who hardens his neck after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed. And that without remedy. So what are we looking at? We're looking at on the one hand, hey, you got someone in your life that hardened? Doesn't seem like God's working. 
He is working. Don't you stop praying for them. Don't you give up on them. But then maybe that person is you. Maybe today's your day. Maybe now's your time. Thanks for joining us today to study the Book of Romans on the Living Word. You can check out more of Pastor Danny's teachings by visiting ccfstpete.church. Once you're there, just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest videos. If you have any questions or would simply like to talk with us, please send us an email. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you when you send us that email. In addition to that, we'd love to meet you in person. So if you're ever in the St. Petersburg area, feel free to join us for our weekly services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Check out our website for service times and all the information you need to join us. We're also live streaming our services for those who are unable to meet in person. So please don't let distance stop you from worshiping with us. Find out more on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all the time we have for today, but we hope that today's teaching from the Book of Romans has encouraged you. Be sure to join Pastor Danny Hodges next time, right here on The Living Word.